Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast, episode 196. This show is brought to you by Yoast and their e-commerce SEO Academy training and WP Activity Log that helps you or your clients keep track of team changes on the store. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's get started as we have the very first official Woo Dev Chat where you can majorly geek out with Zach, Till, and Carl to help you as a Woo Builder. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Zach. I'm here with uh, Carl and Till for our first Woo Dev Chat. Ooh. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) You know, this just started with uh, a little conversation about, well, performance that we did together as a podcast episode, and Bob liked it so much that he decided he wanted us to do a whole series, and here we are. Here we are, episode one. Right, so, uh, well, I guess let's just jump in. Um, Yeah. There's been some... Interesting announcements from WooCommerce lately, uh, specifically around the topic of custom tables. So, yes. a topic you know intimately, Zach. I know nothing about it. I didn't help <laughs> build the first plugin for custom tables for orders. Um, yeah, I've been doing custom tables in WooCommerce for what? It's five years now since 2017. Yeah. So. I mean, it's a long time coming. So I think a lot of a lot of developers or people like working on large WooCommerce sites are probably like sighing a bit in relief at the prospect of this happening because that was always like we were talking a bit before the, the show started, me and Till, but it's the the database side has always been one of the like rough edges of of WooCommerce um, and the lack of custom tables, especially is one. Uh, yeah. I think we should probably like just explain a bit what it is uh, for, for people that, that aren't necessarily uh, diving into WooCommerce all the time. You want to give a bit of a rundown, Zach? Yeah. So back in 2017, uh, WooCommerce 3.0 came out. And a lot of people will remember that release because a lot of things broke. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's probably the most memorable part of that release. But the reason they broke is because they introduced these CRUD classes. CRUD stands for Create, Retrieve, Update, and Delete. Uh, And these classes were created to abstract away database access. That was the whole point of putting them in place. Uh, so that people could change the data store for the various object types in WooCommerce. So the point of that was to make it so that we could set up dedicated tables. And back then, uh, a company called Liquid Web uh, had reached out to me and wanted to explore WooCommerce performance for a dedicated WooCommerce hosting offering. And that's how I started my former agency, uh, was with a project to do that, uh, based on these new CRUD classes. So the capability has been there for a long time. 
there have been a couple of problems with getting there. One of them was that even WooCommerce itself had not implemented the CRUD classes everywhere. Yeah, so they gave you the tools, but they didn't use their own tools. Right. So there were some things like reporting that when you put things in a custom table, just completely broke. It broke or just didn't show up in the reporting? No, they broke. Okay. <laughs> they, they started throwing errors. Um, and, you know, we got it to the point where they just didn't show up, which was preferable. Um, but it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because, you know, WooCommerce without reporting is kind of like flying in the dark. And what are they doing now in the next release? I'm actually not as on top of as you may think. Um, are they adding all the orders, all the products? Like, what are they putting, extracting into dedicated tables? So the first thing they're going to put in a dedicated table is orders. Yeah, it's orders. And that's the big thing. Like, orders are one of the two points that really needed custom tables. Um. That's why that's where we started uh, back in 2017. The other problem, I mentioned that WooCommerce wasn't using these CRUD classes. The other problem is that a number of plugin developers don't use the CRUD classes. And so if they're reaching directly into into post-meta rather than using these CRUD classes, Mm -hmm. the second you move all that stuff, everything breaks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's been I mean, the, that's the problem when you transition architecture like that. It takes a while for like third party to to catch up, especially when you don't have like any sort of dependency. Like they can't just say. I mean, even with dependencies, I mean, it still works, I guess. But it's that's always been the part, the hard part with transitioning. Have they been deprecating these, let's say, old I guess if people directly access the post meta tables or objects or functions. Yeah, that's a problem. As long as you have the, as long as everything's in post meta, like you can just use like classic WordPress uh, yeah. things to do it. Well, and that's the problem. They'd have to deprecate parts of WordPress in order to stop people from using it, right? Or like hook into specific functions, check if it's a WooCommerce related key. Yeah, okay, this is, that's a big challenge. Well, I think the custom order, I think the custom tables kind of forces now because you can't like that's going to force a lot of these uh, plugins to to migrate um, either their code or just start using those tables. I mean, hopefully their code and not just like start doing database queries directly on those tables. But I think that kind of forces things because now you can't rely on on vanilla WordPress uh, code to do things. So it kind of like puts a bit of fire um, under those developers to, to migrate things. But yeah, overall, I think it's a really good change because I I think like performance is always like a, a topic. It's probably going to be a recurring topic with, with, um, with WooCommerce in general, but I think a lot of struggles and, and Zach, can maybe also corroborate, but one of the problems with with using WordPress tables with WooCommerce is is like scaling. Like it, it like when I did consulting work 
on WooCommerce sites, my first stop was always the database. And doing what? Adding indices? Well, yeah. So indices. So indices is a big one. And I think it, I find that really hard to believe um, in 2022 um, that you have to use a, a a plugin like um uh what was the name of the plugin uh oh yeah so last night our shared friend patrick de leblanc index wp mysql for speed yeah <laughs> okay name. that's a mouthful like oliver jones and rick james yeah oh you you know what i want to say after rick james if you know mm -hmm. Dave <laughs> but um but that plugin if you're if you're struggling with or you're not sure if you if your database is up to snuff um for your WooCommerce install I highly recommend it's a really lightweight plugin you can there's stuff that it does even if you keep it installed so you might want to evaluate that but at worst you can just install it it'll tell you what the indexes you should create are for your database and then you can remove it um And it seems to only have a thousand ish, less than two thousand installs. That that's my guess here, which I'm quite surprised by. Well, I mean, if you don't have to keep it installed, that could explain. But also, I find like I find that's like one of the things, and that's why custom tables, the the custom order table, is such a big deal because before that, you really had to rely on on those indexes. If you had to do any sort of performance adjustment. At the database level, the, your first stop was I install Query Monitor and then I look at what are the slow queries and um, and then I build indexes. But mm -hmm. that only solves like part of the problem because the the larger problem which custom tables solves is that before that you would have all sorts of different information that WooCommerce had to piece together. And they were always all in the post-meta table. Yeah. So he was talking about database optimization, which maybe to hypernodes or geeks is something very familiar. And we do it all the time. But for the average WordPress maintainer or a store owner, that's, I would say, way far outside their comfort zone. Even for me, so if you if you would add indices on a production table, like you don't know what happens. What I do like is that these bigger when you have managed data managed databases like DigitalOcean, Heroku, I'm not sure about what AWS does, but there's several providers who will provide these managed databases that your WordPress app then connects to. They already show you and kind of keep monitoring slow queries, which is quite nice. You so have an insight for like where can you improve? And of course just hitting the search in the I don't know, order or product search in your WordPress admin. If it's slow, you know where to add some indices. Yeah, well, and I, I use New Relic for most of my you know, application performance yeah. monitoring. and But again, it's such an advanced tool, and I wonder if I'm part of the WordPress performance team the last two months or something like that. I'm not sure when we start, maybe November, December. And making all of this a little bit more accessible or a lot more accessible and easier to at least know what's going on by some health checks. Or maybe, I don't know if we can have good suggestions of like, hey, put an index on these two comp composite keys or something. I mean, I feel like it should be at least 
covered by health check, but I, I feel like it should, again, in 2022, um, it makes sense that WordPress should be trying at least to add these indexes when it creates the database. Um, yeah. I would recommend adding that after the fact because we have all these existing sites. Yes, yeah, exactly. A true health check. Maybe even keeping track of particular slow queries if it repeats and, and pointing it out. Do something about it. Talk to your hosting company about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a lot of what we I did, at least for WooCommerce. It was just like, it was always the day. It was like, it was 90% of the time it was the database. And then, yeah, it's, and like you said, Till, it's like so out of scope. Like you have to hire people like Zach or me that ha deal with this because it's so out of scope of not just like business owners, um, but also like most like most developers like and i say this like as somebody that would never dare call himself a dba like because like like a database administrator that's what dba stands for is is like there's a lot to know about databases um and you can make your entire career on databases so um And I'm definitely not at that level at all, but I think there's, without being at that level, there's still a gap between like people that know where generally you should be like looking for database performance issues at, at a high level and people that are completely out of their depth. And, and that's a lot of, of WordPress Uh, developers, because honestly, you just deal with WordPress and you 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 assume that WordPress is doing the right things uh, for you, and it's it's just not something that you consider. And especially like with scaling involved, like it's really hard to predict like how your software that you're writing is gonna like as somebody that writes software that's trying to scale like websites, um, it's hard to see know necessarily where it's gonna break um, necessarily. So, I mean, it's it's not necessarily the developer's fault either. Um, but it's, it's just like those things are just like not well understood. And it, it's, it's a good change that that's why like a lot of the like more intense work, uh, WooCommerce developers are really uh, stoked about this uh, custom order table because it's kind of like the beginning of a big change for, for perform, for the performance of, of these uh, WooCommerce sites. Um, because before that you had to rely, like, like Zach said, like you, you basically had to rely on, on uh, consultants or, or hosting providers that paid consultants to write these custom plugins for them um, and write their platform to take advantage of that. Um, so it's kind of like, That's why, like a lot of people are are on Nexus. Um, that's what, what Liquid Web is, uh, the Liquid Web uh, WooCommerce hosting is now. But that's why a lot of people are on Nexus because Nexus did a lot of the work. Um, yeah, and and now it's really good because now it's like it's bringing back some of the work. Um, obviously, it. it It sucks a bit for Zach because they're not really taking his implementation, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. That's okay. It was, but but uh, but the overall is good. You know, like the overall is good because it's bringing that back to everyone, and that's going to be a 
a huge um, boon to a lot of shop owners and a lot of, of developers that have to maintain those those shops. And what Nexus and Liquid Web are using today is not what we built in 2017. It's it it's built off of it, but. You know, I can't say that I wrote the code. I didn't, <laughs> uh, but I was involved in the project. Um, but this, what this gives us, there are two things. One, um, you mentioned indices. I know this is something that WooCommerce, the core team, had uh, implemented. You go. You 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 brought it up. You do it. <laughs> Wow, how do you even start? Maybe you should just Google it. If anybody's listening wants to know what it is, just Google it. No, I'll give I'll give a simple. I'll give us. I'll 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 save you. I'll save you. I'll give. So the idea with indexes um, is so with databases you're storing data in in obviously in your database and you want to retrieve that data. So you're like you're doing for like you're doing search queries and things like that. But for the database to be able to find things fast. It uses indexes. And um, what the index does is you can say, okay, I'm going to be often searching for a combination of like, for example, um, like you could do a, a, an index on post the publish date. So you know that you're going to search often for how often posts are published. So you can say to the database, I want to create an index on a post date. And what that tells the database is that it, creates and that this is where it gets really complicated and and completely out of scope but like the different types of indexes how they're built like i took a like college course i took actually three two college courses just on that topic alone so that's really out of scope but but basically the database is going to create an index and what that allows it to do is search for that information much like drastically faster um and the problem with indexes is that you can't just say, the database can't just say, okay, I'm going to index whatever you want. Um, one, it, it indexes take space. Two, um, a database is kind of a dumb storage device. It's not really that dumb, but like for, for intensive purposes, it's, it's dumb. You tell it to store things uh, how you want to store things, and then it does it for you. But it doesn't really know how that data is related to each other. Like that's the job of you as a developer um, to instruct the database, like things that WordPress doesn't use, but are common with database, for example, foreign keys or things like that. You can structure the data a bit and that helps the database understand, um, how the, how data, how the data that you've stored in it is related to one another. And the indexes really just helps you query that data faster, but it doesn't know how that data is structured. So it's really your job as a developer to create those indexes. So that's kind of like the, the short 101 on indexes, but that's why they're important. And that's why it falls a bit on the WooCommerce, um, WooCommerce slash WordPress team to, uh, to de- design them because they know more than anyone how that data is structured, um, how it's used, yeah, and how often it's queried, what types of queries are run often, which ones are time, tend to be slow and could use an index because, like I said, the indexes take space and it doesn't really matter when you have a small database, but when you're dealing with gigabytes or terabytes of data, like your index can be quite big, so you can't just index everything. So that's why it, 
it, that's why it falls a bit on them to do that um, because they have the insight, especially like for WordPress, wordpress.com is the largest uh, multi-site. I think it's still a multi-site. So it's like the largest multi-site install. So they have insight, like they know what's slow. Um, they probably have indexes already. And it that's why it's like, it'd be, it's, it would be a good thing for, for the larger community as a whole to, to have these indexes as well and not rely necessarily on, on the good work that um, I forget who wrote the plugin, but like there, there's, it's not well documented. And if anything, if I knew better um, what to do, I would probably write a post about it because I think it's a really important topic. Um, and it's just an, an important thing to, to reference. You would reference very often, but really it should be, it's, that's why it falls um, more on the WordPress slash WooCommerce team to to work with these indexes. Okay, I'm done. Hey, I'm going to derail us for a second here because a few days ago, or two, three days ago, yesterday, I don't know when, probably also doesn't matter. But recently, WordPress.com, if you go to it, and their business and e-commerce plans now allow SFTP, or, you know, direct file access, and database access. So I don't know what they're doing, but it seems like they're moving away from their insane multi-site installation. That would be my guess. I don't have any insights. I don't even know anybody there. I mean, I don't, I haven't talked to an automatician in a few years because of COVID. So I, I don't have the, the, the insight, but I think, I think it's like, if you're like VIP, like if you're VIP or like the higher paid tiers, you're not, on a multi-site. I think it's it's the free.com stuff that's on. I'm sure I'm going to get corrected online uh, once this this uh, this um, episode publishes, but if I had to if I remember correctly, it's the free um, blogs that are on a multi-site and it's not I think it's everything up until business is multi-site. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's not exactly like every .com site, but um, a, they still have a large, large, large multi-site installation. But yeah, if you have access to the database, I would go ahead and say that it's probably they were working on some Docker setup. I don't know if it's that that's what it is now, but um, but yeah, it, it, I assume it's it's a standalone uh, isolated database. But they might have indexes, so it might it might be interesting for you to connect to the database and look at what indexes they have on the tables. Um, Cause I don't have a paid.com site, so I can't tell you. <laughs> well, and so core WooCommerce added ind- indices in 2019 uh, to products and orders. If I remember correctly, um, some of the work that was done to do that is in a repository separate from WooCommerce in the WooCommerce organization called WooCommerce Custom Indexes, uh, which is Mike Jolly and Rodrigo Primo uh, doing that work. Um, So that was where a lot of their exploration came and where they wanted to implement indexes for everybody. But in some cases, those indexes at scale will actually slow the site down. So uh, moving to a custom table structure will help to eliminate some of these bottlenecks. And I think 
it's important to talk about how an order is created in WooCommerce. Um, when an order is created, when somebody places an order on the site, it creates the order itself, and then it has to add order meta to the meta table. And every order has a minimum of around 50 pieces of order meta. There is no way to bulk add meta in WordPress. Wait, so we have one order, and each single order has 50 entries in a different table of order meta? Yeah, correct. And so that's, what, 51 minimum database calls? Create the order and then create all the order meta by calling the add meta function every time, 50 times. So that's 51 database calls to create one order, right? Minimum. And then you do that over 20 simultaneous orders. You have a significant number, over 1,000 database calls happening uh, because it's creating all of that meta. So by flattening the table structure with their proposed table structure that they have on the blog post for this, which we will include in the show notes, um, by flattening that as much as possible. So there's a WP underscore WC underscore orders table, and that table will have most of the current core fields and all of the important meta keys. Then there's going to be a order addresses table, and that will store the addresses associated with that order, both shipping and billing. And then there's an orders meta table, similar to post meta, that will allow extensions to store data related to orders. So by flattening it that much, though, they make it so that that create order call can mostly happen in three SQL queries, it looks like, instead of 51. That's pretty good. It's an order of magnitude close to it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Uh, and we've run into this where on some of the larger sites that I've been involved with, where the creation of orders simply due to the amount of traffic and the amount of simultaneous orders that are being processed has been the bottleneck that's taken down a site because that's a lot of database queries to queue up, right? And that's primarily why the work on the custom order table uh, plugin was so important because it allowed those sites that had that particular scaling issue to circumvent it. And in those cases, the things that broke were worth keeping the site up, right? So um, it's nice that we're going to have at some point in the future uh, all of this data in custom tables. Uh, I'm not sure what they're targeting as of right now, but they do have a GitHub project board. Uh, it looks like they are currently in some research spikes and they're creating the scaffolding for the project. And then they'll be working on uh, each of the various to-dos that are in the to-do column. Uh, it's all in a GitHub project. If you want to track it, we'll link that as well. Uh, but it's linked from the blog post. Uh, 
And the spike right now, yeah, finding a performant and reliable approach to migrating data from posts and post meta includes testing the migration approach. Yeah, that's definitely going to be one of the hard problems. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the problems that yeah, we had when we built the custom order tables plugin for uh, Liquid Web back in the day. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. It's really simple. When it comes to your WooCommerce clients or yourself, SEO is one of the strategic points in helping to increase visibility in search results. And what better way to understand those strategic skills than taking the e-commerce SEO training from Yoast. Whether it's for your clients or your own shop, you start with defining your mission statement using structured data so your products will stand out. The course is not full of fluff or unreachable expectations. It gives you actionable steps along the way. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, check out Yoast.com and search for their e-commerce SEO training. If you or your clients have a team keeping your Woo shop running smoothly, it's even better to make sure you are on top of what's going on. WP Activity Log helps you or your clients keep track of team changes in WooCommerce, such as changes in the store settings, coupons, orders, products, and a lot more. Now this in turn improves team accountability and meeting those compliance requirements. And what's really cool, WP Activity Log allows you to show your clients what you've been working on during development and even maintenance. So I suggest you get on top of that and visit WPActivityLog.com. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. How is this going to work if, let's say you install WooCommerce, what is it, 6.5 or 7, whatever the version is that has custom order tables. How is this going to work with migrating all your own data and then testing if this works with all your plugins? Because there seems to be two steps. And then if it doesn't work with the custom orders table with the new structure, <laughs> um, if if you migrate all the data over and you let's say you test it and you have three custom I don't know, subscription plugins for WooCommerce from Theme Forest or something like that, and it doesn't work, can you then go back and say, hey, I got to run with the old post meta approach anymore? Or is it like a one-way migration? I don't think that's going to be an option. I think that's going to be part of their design um, struggles. Yeah. If they make it optional again, like they did in 2017, if they make it optional, then people will continue to build things that break it. Maybe they could go like a, like new installs, get it by default and then like an optional migration for existing um, installations. But then they have to to maintain two things. Although to be fair, that's what their CRUD like abstraction was meant to solve. So, um, so that actually um, allows them that possibility. Cause I, I agree that you, that's a big one because like how you handle, cause some people might already have moved away. Like 
somebody might be using already a custom table uh, plugin, right? Um, so no, but that's why the CRUD extension, the CRUD abstraction they did was so, I think, um, important in in retrospect is because if if you rely on that, that, that probably will force a lot of migrations, again, from plugin authors because now you're, you might have to support three, you know, like let's say somebody already has a custom table plugin, somebody migrated to the WooCommerce custom tables or somebody hasn't migrated and is still using uh, PostMeta. And that abstraction lets developers not care about it and simplifies their life. So now they won't have to, it'll probably be much more interesting for them to use that than to use WordPress functions because then the WordPress functions only work in one of those cases and not the other two. So I have a feeling that what we'll see is a number of releases where the migration is optional. And as they get feedback from people testing the optional migration, mm-hmm. eventually they'll move to including it in core as a uh, schema update that happens for everyone during an upgrade. And they'll use action scheduler just like they do to schedule the database update in the background um, and have that happen yeah. and migrate everything. I mean, that's a bit, that's what they do for order creation, right? Too. Do they use the action scheduler for that? I don't know if they do currently. I think it's still just a whole bunch of bad post medicals. Do you just basically DDoS your database if you have a sale? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's uh, it. No, really, that is a big problem. And because you couldn't queue it for concurrency if you have five i don't know i mean that's like with emir that's like one of a lot of the like tuning is around the database because you can't have even though like you know i can scale websites to handle thousands of people coming in there's nothing that exists on the database side to 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 handle that so yeah like tuning the database um becomes like the the more critical aspect which it is honestly for like we like we discussed like this is a, kind of like the whole point of the, the this episode um, is you know WooCommerce database stuff is hard especially once you start having big stores big stores or two things big stores with lots of SKUs cause issues even if they don't have a lot of uh, traffic because like that's what that's what the index is and all the the, the the custom table work also helps um, eventually like right now it's orders, but eventually they'll have products um, and that'll help those, those people because right now, like you can have, you have the same problem as orders uh, with products, because let's say you have like a, a shop with 5,000 SKUs in it. All the, all the metadata for those products is all stored as post meta. So let's say you want to, requests like a product you might need to do like one crazy query or like dozens of queries to get the information out and versus if that was all consolidated in in a table uh or a set of tables really because i i assume there'll always be a product meta table but um so at least two uh so but 
that would simplify things. And all, in fact, like most of the, the consulting work I did was more focused on, on the products than the shops with the large SKUs than the actual orders. Um, because that affects a lot of, a, a lot of a shop owner's daily life. If, um, cause if you're like looking for reporting, you want to go edit a product, uh, like you name it, like it, that's all like, that's what somebody does much more on a, uh, a lot on a daily basis. Or if people are navigating your site to like browse products, that's what they're looking at. Like the order is like happens once. Um, but the products happen constantly. Um, so that's why, like, I assume like if they're successful with that, that'll probably be the next, uh, thing they tackle because in my experience, that's been the other part that has really, um, suffered in, in large commerce, in large, um, e-commerce sites. Yeah. And the interesting thing when you look at it is that, you know, these CRUD data stores that, uh, the data store classes enable, they touch every WooCommerce object type. So products, orders, those are the big ones, right? But there's also customers and coupons, and those also use CRUD classes. So every object type that WooCommerce handles, so orders, order line items, products, coupons, customers, customer downloads, payment tokens, and shipping zones all have CRUD objects. I assume some of the the popular extensions do as well, like subscription. Yeah, I would imagine so. Because, yeah, I, I remember I did a decent amount of work around subscriptions for customers because that one, that one also, like, kind of buckles um, under under the, the weight of that kind of architecture. But that's why... That's how actually we started Cash Pro because I had one customer using the, that free plugin many years ago and they had 20,000 subscriptions that would renew every Saturday morning as a food, del- or is food delivery service and renewing 20,000 subscriptions like without using an object cache, they couldn't, it wouldn't work. Just everything would collapse and then they don't know whether it would add, which were renewed, which weren't renewed. And I think they had a... I don't want to say 80. Maybe it was like an 80 gigabyte Redis cluster to, to handle the object caching just to renew these amount of subscriptions. And of course, we're talking about a massive, you know, 20,000 subscriptions is a lot. Um, that's not your, you know, 50 or 100 renewing every month. Yeah, and a lot of these subscriptions have all this metadata with them. So it's like, it's not just like, oh, it's, it's like 20,000 lines, but it's like, you know, like each subscription probably has like, I forget, like 50 rows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's probably like mm-hmm. 50 rows total across multiple tables and they're querying, you know, they're doing like four or five joins on the data um, on the same table. And it's always the same table, which is like. And every, every subscription renewal creates an order, which we already talked about. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you have this cascading effect. So yeah, which is why like you want to offload. Like that's why like plugins like Tills, like Object Cache Pro is like really critical because uh, 
the at least for reading information, you don't have to touch the database. So like that reduces like the load on it. And it's I, on top of being faster in the first place, but, but there's something to be said about just like making your database work less um, for that stuff. Because if it's doing other things at the same time, like, like Till said with, with 20,000 renewals at the same time, it, it's kind of a spike. So like anything that you can do to alleviate the spike um, is it's helpful, but that's why, that's why it's hard. So hard to like plan for these things. Like if you're a plugin developer, it's like so hard to plan for these things because I'm sure like people that design subscribe, the WordCommerce subscriptions didn't think that, Oh wait, like obviously somebody's going to do 20,000 renewals on a Saturday morning, uh, you know, every week or every month or something like that. Yeah. And it's very hard to test for too. Like it's often a really high ask to <clears throat> have a plugin developer use a persistent object cache right. while they're developing it to see if it works, flush it. Does it work with transient and persistent cache data or just data? That's already a high ask. But then saying, hey, what happens if you have a thousand orders in five minutes to test that you, Carl, are doing? How do you simulate this? Like you need to run, write benchmark tools to test your plugin. That's a it's a big ask for, you know, a little developer who wants to start making a plugin or just publish something open source like I did or still do. Like, hey, I want to share this with the world, but how does it work at scale? And and some someone will use it at scale, and it's it's fascinating and it's, it's complex. Yeah, it's complex. That's why it's a it's easy to like, you know, throw the developers under the bus. But it's just it's really hard to think about those edge cases. And sometimes it's the simplest way. It's like a balance because like as a developer, you know, you always hear about like premature optimization. Do not premature optimize. And then <laughs> right. you're like, well, what if they're doing 10,000 subscriptions at once? What do I do? It's like, well, on one hand, it's like, well, you should be able to handle that. On the other hand, you have like, you're like, well, until somebody hits that problem, you should probably not care about it. On also having the experience to prematurely optimize the right way. Like sometimes it's a good way. If you think of some, like a, let's say WooCommerce itself, they have to do that. They have to think about these cases, but but maybe also have the team and the experience to do that. But again, it's too high of an ask yeah. for your average free open source WordPress plugin developer, which is the core of it all. This is why we're all here. This is what we're yeah, or it's somebody managing a store, or somebody that built a business around a store. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, our our friend Julian, like who who runs like yeah, and he's he's super qualified, and he knows probably a lot more about optimizing a WooCommerce site. But you know, that's like, but it took so much time, sweat, pain, uh, experience to to figure that out. That it's it it's there's no there's no environment that's going to teach that to someone outside of experiencing that yourself like there's you know like he'll make tickets or 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 things to like improve things because he had to fix them um and but yeah i mean you always run into issues so that it's just like it's that's the the problem but it there's always like a few good things and that's again that's why like this this episode's on the custom orders table is because those are things that are good. They're good. They're universally good. 
and they don't require um, like fundamental knowledge of of like these extreme scenarios to know that they're good because they're good fundamental um, design practices to to have custom tables um, like this. It's just because of how WooCommerce came to be and a lot of, uh, and that's the problem with, it's not just, I, I think this is a good s- segue to like, this isn't, although we're talking about WooCommerce, this isn't a WooCommerce specific problem. Um, uh, a lot of large plugins that do plugin that build kind of like applications on top of WordPress have suffered this problem and have either already done this transition or we'll do it in the future. Um, like I can think of like, I don't know, I don't know LearnDash, but if LearnDash does it already, but like LearnDash is a big plugin that the, that that would, if they don't do it already, we'll do it. Um, but I, I think like something that's really old that that not everybody touches, but BuddyPress. Like BuddyPress had cu- a lot of custom tables right out of the gate. Um, and that was really useful because if if BuddyPress had been built with just using WordPress table, they would have had to do this transition eventually because every major plugin that's that's that builds an application on top of WordPress hits that that problem because there's a reason why this is how a lot of applications are designed like outside WordPress. Like if you were building something like LearnDash or WooCommerce, I mean E-commerce is a bit more tricky. Like there's different, like there's like entity attribute value is, which is what WordPress does. But anyways, that's like a, a design paradigm for, for, for um, databases as, and Magento uses it and stuff like that. Always like something like post meta post with post meta is something that is a known way to solve a specific problem, but has scaling issues and it's used a lot, but it, it always runs into the same problem. And it always ends up that you need to create these custom tables. So that's why a lot of, if you build a WooCommerce, uh, an e-commerce platform or uh, a learning platform or a, a social network, you're always going to do more like custom tables than, than something like WordPress because in general, you, that's what scales better and that's what makes the database perform better. So that's why it's a it's a huge milestone for for WooCommerce to do it, but it's not something that's specific to WooCommerce. It's really something that all the large, um, which I I call application on top of WordPress plugins, hit this problem. Maybe what you're saying is that premature optimization is actually very much appropriate when it comes to open source or WordPress development. Because if you have your own app, you don't have to prematurely optimize and over-architect things. You can't just switch it. Hey, let's take this week. Let's refactor this, move it. But if you have a, a product or uh, a plugin or piece of software that is used by many things, premature optimization could actually be quite beneficial. I mean, it's, it's a pipe dream of mine, but I really wish that WordPress made it easier for developers to create custom tables. And then we maybe would not end up in this scenario um, as often because, uh, you know, I talked about premature optimization, but I feel like custom tables is, doesn't quite fall into premature optimization. Like you, 
like one thing that you should really think about, like if you're designing applications, like that's a lot of what I do for consulting now um, is think about how that's why, that's why I did that whole nice little speech on indexing, but it's important because you thinking about data is really important early in your, and, and when you're building an application early on, it's really worth your time to think about it. Like, obviously you can't think about every edge case and things like that, but, but structuring your data is really important because as we can see with the custom uh, orders change, it is very painful to come back later and re-architect things. Not that you can't, but it's, it's much more painful than if you had just done a bit of work ahead of time and been like, maybe I should use a custom table here. Like there's a lot of st- stuff I shouldn't be doing. I sh- if I'm adding, here's a simple um, litmus test. I'm sorry, I was I had to think about the word, but here's a simple litmus test. If you have to add, let's say I'm going to be, Zach can, can decide, but Zach and Till can decide. But if you have to add five post metas to whatever you're doing, like whatever information you have to store for your plugin, for every entry, you need a custom table. Like you should probably have, well, you should probably have a custom table because I think when you're starting to add, like we, like a code smell would be like, I have to add a lot of custom post meta to just track all this information. Then maybe I need a custom table. Maybe this is what I should be doing. I should invest in that now and not, later when it's not five post meta, but it's like 50 post meta that you're adding each time, then, and then people are adding custom stuff to it. And it's, it's just like, those are like, that is not premature optimization. It's really hard. Like it's always hard to know what is premature optimization and what isn't like I fall into that. Every developer falls into that trap, but I think for data structure and like, it's not something that's taught a lot. Like I had courses in college on data structures, like how to design data structure. It's not something you hear about a lot now in web, in development, like web development. It's like, yeah, whatever, like use a database. Which database are you going to use? Are you going to use MongoDB or this or that or Postgres? But never about how to structure data. Like that is not taught or talked a lot about. How many developers, WordPress developers, theme the whole ecosystem? How many do you think have a computer com science degree or went to university Very few. percentage. I, I wouldn't know. Uh, I, I like to say, I don't know a lot. So for some question like that, I don't know. I think, I think even whether you went to computer, like I didn't even do computer science. I did computer engineering. Um, it's just every program has different. <laughs> right. Because, because if you have a computer science degree and you look at a WordPress, you just, you just probably walk away and go somewhere else. That would be my guess. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, in computer science, you take courses that make no sense. Like I like you, you take compiler classes, like who here is going to take a, who here is going to design a compiler? I found those things com- absolutely. Like I love my compiler class, but like, but in practice, not super useful, but, um, but the database course, I would say, like, I didn't keep a lot of textbooks, but one of the courses that I did keep my textbook of was the database course. Um, because I think 
I actually do think that it's um, something that's been a bit lost and just not lost, but it lost in importance, I would say. Like how do like data structure designing or thinking about not necessarily design, but I'll just think about how you're structuring your data and how you're going to query and things like that. Um, and just having a bit of fore planning about it or just looking up how other people have done it is really, um, is really beneficial and will save you a lot, a lot of headaches in the, in the long run, because data migrations is a hard problem. And is there's a reason like, you know, people pay like delicious brain for a WP migrate pro, but there's also a reason why they gave up on migration bot. I think it was called migration bot, migrate bot, merge bot, merge bot, the merge bot. Cause merging, like merging data is like really, really hard. Like I get that question a lot with Emir. Like I have customers that are like, yeah, I want to, I want to move data between like two environments. Like, can you do this for me? I'm like, Companies have died trying to fix this problem. Um, Didn't Automatic even have a Notes app that was syncing between? I have no... I'm pretty sure. I have no idea. But it's it's a hard problem. And that's why that whole concept of, of data is so... Um, Simplenote.com. Oh, that, that still exists. Yeah, it's a Note app that tries to merge changes from two devices to, at least it used to. And it only works half the time in when I test the test. Yeah. It's a hard it's, But that's why Dropbox was like such a huge hit when it came out too, because it, it solved that problem for file sharing, like for file syncing and things like that. They're just, they're hard problems. We, you know, as developers, when we're working in a Git repository, how many times are we resolving merge conflicts when we're creating pull requests? Not as often as when I used SVN. <laughs> <laughs> that's true Not, uh, oh my god that, i remember when i switched from git from svn i was like before that i would dread absolutely dread pulling any change it was like i would lose an hour easy doing i think there's this is the same thing switching from svn to git both of software version control tools vc that's whatever the term is uh it is the same with WooCommerce subscriptions or all these plugins, what at least I see <clears throat> as a trend in maybe all industries, but certainly with WooCommerce, or with WordPress, is there is a high and high expectation now we're in 2022 of making things easy, accessible, and fast. Like people have short attention spans, uh, no, no blame, just with social media, everything is getting more convenient. You turn on Netflix, there's a billion shows that you could watch, maybe not quite, but a lot. And making software us as developers or as technical people or any developer that is listening, making these things easier to access, like the full site editing. <laughs> we said we're not going to talk about it um, as a joke there. Making it easier for everybody who is maybe technically illiterate or blind or whatever it is like making these things more accessible at scale. And, and I think WordPress does a good job in that sense, but it's a slow moving beast. Um, at least that's what I see, but it's, that's why that's legacy software. Yeah. Too. It's our responsibility as developers to not read a compiler book and, and understand GC lib or whatever it is, but for us to make sure that this low level 
these low level tools that we do that have good interfaces for not so technical people to use and not expect them to be also developers and kind of make it exclusive to if you're not technical, you can't use it. That I think is a big tension zone, at least what I always aspire to completely bridge or try to bridge as much as possible to make it just a little click and drag and drop interface and it works suddenly. Yep. And I think the key thing to remember here is that the reason why we're talking about custom tables in WooCommerce today is because WooCommerce is growing. And we have gotten to a point now where there are enough stores that are running into these scaling issues at the top end that it's now a priority. And it wasn't a priority for a long time because the fringe was less than a half of a percent of stores. It was less than a tenth of a percent of stores that were running into these issues. But now as the platform is growing and the stores that are on the platform are growing, we're starting to see these issues more frequently. And now is the appropriate time for the core team to address these bottlenecks. Yeah. And it's also WooCommerce aspirations as well. Like I think, you know, like it's, it's a very popular, um, e-commerce platform. And maybe also that's why there's a WordPress performance team though. There have been more large WordPress installations than ever before in the last five years. And so seeing that trend toward really large projects, I mean, it, it just makes sense that the, the WordPress performance team exists. The WooCommerce team is focusing on, on these things. And I just, I cannot wait to see what their implementation is and how it ends up uh, becoming part of the core product. So, yeah, I think for us as, as hosts and, and things, it's just education, making people aware um, because like I said, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's not for everyone to know this, but it's, there's just things that are not there. They're just not things that developers think a lot about, like, especially the database developers love to not have to think about their database. Like that's the reason why object relational mapping is so popular. Um, but we are coming up on our hour here. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to end with just uh, a couple of thoughts. One, um, this is the first woo dev chat. So if you liked this episode, if you like hearing us be gigantic geeks about WordPress and WooCommerce performance, because we're really good at that, uh, we'll be here again in a month. Uh, and we'll be doing this every month from this point forward until Carl and Till get sick of me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if you have topic ideas... Um, if there are, or things you'd like to learn about, I think this is a good, uh, place also like to discuss. Well, I mean, we can't teach, it's not a course, but if you, if there are topics you'd like to know more about, um, I think this is a good place for that as well, because, um, like, uh, like we discussed a bit, it, not all of this is, ex is accessible to all developers. Not all of this is known or discussed or written about, um, and some of it comes from experience, from like our experience. Some of it comes from just our educational background. Um, like I said, like I did computer engineering. So like I took database class. I also took useless things that I never use, like networking 
uh, classes. Like I know I learned a lot about networking protocols and, and things like that. I don't use that, but database I use. Um, so the, this is a good place. Um, so if you're interested, uh, let us know. So where, yeah, where can we find you? If, if somebody wants to find you. Oh, me. Um, I'm on Twitter at Tilkruis, T-I-L-L-K-R-U-S-S. I'm, I respond, but I don't tweet very much, except when I think I have a very funny day. And I make WordPress plugins. You can check out my Object Cache Pro. If you Google my name, you'll probably find it. Um, but yeah, Twitter is a good place to find me. Uh, well, you can find me. On, I'm active on Twitter. So I'm active on Twitter trolling Tom McFarlane most of the time, but uh, or posting memes or, or other things. Uh, I'm at TwigPress, T-W-I-G-P-R-E-S-S. Um, and you can, I've written a lot if you, and I speak a lot. I've actually applied to WordCamp Europe and a bunch of other conferences, but it's at carlalexander.ca. Um, and, uh, if you're interested in serverless, I'm working on a plat- serverless WordPress platform at emirapp.com. And as always, you can find me at Z-S-T-E-P-E-K, Z-Stepik, pretty much everywhere. Thank you guys for joining me on this today, and uh, we'll see you guys in a month. Hey everyone, Bob WP here, and thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. WP Activity Log helps you or your clients keep track of team changes in WooCommerce, such as changes in the store settings, coupons, order products, and a lot more at WPActivityLog.com. And with the Yoast e-commerce SEO training, you can learn actionable steps for better search results, whether you are a beginner or a pro at Yoast.com. And do make sure and follow us on Twitter at DoTheWoo, on the site here at DoTheWoo.io, or on your favorite podcast app. Until the next time, keep on doing the woo.